Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoyed this message from our Sunday sermon series, Relation Shift. We'll be talking about how to identify and overcome obstacles that hinder healthy relationships. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoyed this message. Everybody have a nice Thanksgiving. Yes, everybody's still having the after effects of Thanksgiving. Praise God. I, this Friday was the first Friday I went out on a Black Friday in a long time. I hate big crowds like that because they get crazy and I'm crazy and then <laughs> all kinds of craziness begins to erupt around us. But I mean, he is so right. We, I mean, no, we spend a lot of money on Christmas. And so I was already out spending money, but unfortunately I was spending it on myself and then and then I went to my wife and said, babe, I, I, I spent this much. I said, let's go look for you, too. And so <laughs> got to keep the balance there, you know. So, But uh, the Christmas season is upon us. So we are in a series called Relationship. And so relationship is when our relationships need a shift, a, a change, or improvement. And how many know this morning that relationships are everything? Praise God. Yes? No? Maybe so? I mean, relationships are everything. Our whole lives revolve around relationships, okay, with our friends, with our family. How many know at our job? I was talking to my coworkers, and uh, I pulled in my managers and my supervisors. I said, guys, I'll tell you something. I said, we need to get along. I said, I'm going to spend more time with a lot of you than I do with my wife. I said, so we need to have this thing going on right here. We need to make sure that we're in, in right standing all the time because we're around them. And in our, our family, you know, and, and of course our God. But relationships are vital. They're everything, but relationship issues are inevitable. They are part of our human experience. It's essential for our well-being. How many know relationships can bring us happiness? Or take us down to our knees. I mean, even relationships can make you feel bad about yourself. And so, just a, a, a little look at the at what we've been ministering on. Pastor Omar a couple of Sundays ago preached on on mani- manipulative people, those who try to control you by manipulating you. And then Wednesday he preached about uh, those overly needy people, those who are chronically and consistently in need. Know those people that always need something? But today I want to deal with something that all of us will face at one time or another in our lives. And I want to tell you, I had to repent before the sermon. I repented last night. I repented all week while I'm putting this together. I'm like, oh, dear God, this is such a, 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 an issue that all of us deal with at one time or another. All of us will face critical people. And how many know there are those who can be over-critical? In fact, how many of you would say that you know someone in your life that has the spirit or the gift of fault-finding? That's their spiritual gift. It's not the spirit of God, but it's another spirit in there. That's a, uh, but how many know they'll find... The, everything is good, but they'll find out one thing. And that's the thing that they'll begin to just poke and 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 poke, and poke, and poke, and poke, and poke at. I mean, I'm talking about 
Anybody know somebody like that? Anybody like that? Don't, don't raise your hands. But as I, I, I was, it's, it's kind of uh, ironic. Last night, my wife and I, and this is why I said I, I, I'm repenting because I, I, I can be critical sometimes. I don't know where I get it from. But I, we're walking the dog around the neighborhood. It's nighttime, and, you know, we're just looking at a couple of houses that have Christmas lights on. We saw a couple of real nice ones, and my wife said, oh, that, oh, that's so pretty. You know, the icicle ones, the new ones that came out, that they, they look so real, and they're blue, and just an awesome thing. And then we come up to this one house that has the lights around the trimming, you know, like, like normal people. <laughs> and then halfway, all of a sudden, they go, they just run it back to the roof. And I'm like, what? Why would they do that? Look how ugly it looks. Like, I can't believe it. And then I start laughing. I'm like, babe, you know what the sermon's on tomorrow? Being critical. <laughs> but how many know all of us can be critical at one time or another? Or am I the only critical one in here? Okay, I'm going to preach to myself. All right, because I know Praise Chapel Paramount doesn't have this issue. I know we have wonderful, loving people here. But I know, you know, sometimes I can get critical. And so how do we deal with those incredibly critical people? Maybe you work for a boss that's like this. You know, you hear nothing from him when everything is going good. All of a sudden, you make a mistake, and oh, my God. You know, I thought of this about you all these years and all these years. And it's like, what the heck happened? Where is this coming from? I only made one mistake. But they're pointing out every single issue that you have all of a sudden. How many adults in here have critical parents? That they still criticize you about the way you raise your kids. The husband or wife that you married. I don't know why you married them. They criticize you about the job that you have. They criticize you about this. They criticize you about that. It's just like a never-ending thing. Whatever it is, they criticize you. Maybe it's your spouse who's critical about the way you look. You know, when I married you, you didn't act like that. <laughs> Why are you wearing pajamas to Target? <laughs> I mean, have spouses like that criticize you about everything. Why you got to chew so loud? Why are you always popping your gum? Why are you always doing this? It's like a dripping faucet. So how many know we have to deal with a critical spouse sometimes? I'm just curious. Has anybody ever heard anyone criticizing the church? Criticizing the pastor? Why is that pastor so loud? Because some people can't hear. (laughs) See, I'm being critical. See, this is going to be hard to preach. I was struggling in the first service. I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I, I mean, every time I say something, I want to come back with it. You know, it's like, uh, <sighs> But how I many we, 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 we have people in the church sometimes that hurt people's feelings? You know, we're, we're, we're easy targets. You know, pastors too demanding. They always want us to get involved in something, you know. And so... It, he always uses the wrong version of the Bible. Well, what version do you use? You know? 
the King James Version, the authorized version. It says authorized at the beginning. <laughs> Worship is too long. When Brother Omar going to get it together, man? Come on, we only preach 29 minutes, man. That's it. <laughs> Forget the Spirit of God. I heard a quote said, uh, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. But for all of us to actually do something, can I tell you something? You're going to be criticized sometime in life. Can you say amen? amen? If you don't get criticized, that means you're not doing anything. But if you begin to do something, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, especially as God begins to raise you up within the church, can I tell you, all of a sudden there's going to be critics. There'll be critics. I, I just don't know why God wants to use you. See, I got to stop right there because I, I want to retaliate, but we can't. See, the, there's the three things that I want, four things I want to look at, but the three things is how to respond to it, and the fourth one will really, really minister and help us come together. But there's some ways to respond to people with a critical spirit. And so I want to look at three things, like I said, and the fourth one is just to how to overcome it. Uh, but number one, how do you respond to critics? Number one, you don't respond. You don't respond. Just because someone criticizes you, criticizes you does not obligate you to respond, and this can be incredibly freeing for somebody. Let the critic talk. Let him give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. How many know that doesn't matter? How many know our only value comes from Jesus? Amen. It really is true. Because how many know people just care about themselves? In all reality, I mean, can we be real? Okay. So how many know our value comes from God? It doesn't come from what people say about me because people don't see me 24-7. God does. So they don't see what we're doing behind the scenes. They don't see what we're doing when we're not at church. And so critical people criticizing me only see just, just a small amount. And so by me not responding, how many know it kind of puts them on the spot? Look at what 1 Peter 2.23, this is Peter speaking about Jesus, but it says, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he trusted himself to him who judges justly. So what kind of insults would you say about Jesus? How many uh, did they say about Jesus? They said he was a friend of sinners. How many know that wasn't a compliment? They said he was a drunk. They said he ate too much. He said that he had demon and was crazy. Those three things describe me. <laughs> they said he was a false god. They said he was a heretic and on and on. And so I'm going to tell you, can I tell you something this morning? If they criticize Jesus, how many know they're going to criticize you? Peter said when they hurled insults at him, what did Jesus do? He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Isn't that awesome? He did not retaliate. How many know he could have retaliated? He did not even defend himself. He did not complain. He simply entrusted himself to the Father. I said, God, I'll let you, Father, take care of this. 
Now, I want to tell you, church, there's a couple of things that you can do right now during this service. Because I want to tell you, it's going to talk to all of us. It's going to speak to all of us. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to myself. I, I can be very critical. So don't curl your toes underneath the chair right now. Just let them out and say, God, deal with me if it's me. Help me right now. Deal with this. All right? Because I, I, I want to tell you, when we begin to touch subjects, people begin to get defensive and they shut off. I want to ask you, please don't shut off. Be open to what God speaks this morning. Because I, I want to tell you, God wants to really help us. But how many know it takes us to, to really confront issues in our life? And I, I want to tell you, I, I can be critical. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I had to repent before I preached this. I'm like, oh, Jesus, forgive me. How, Lord, why does it have to fall on my Sunday? <laughs> I said, can I preach on manipulation? I don't manipulate people. That'd be, that's easier. Check out Proverbs 19.11. This is basically the, the main scripture of the whole sermon. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to no one's glory, I'm sorry, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Such a beautiful Proverbs. Let me read it again. A person's wisdom yields patient, patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. What does that mean? See, overlooking an offense this morning is not pretending that it didn't happen. How many know that's not what it's talking about? I'm not asking you to pretend it never happened. Because how many know when people say something critical about you, how many know it just activated something? I'm going to respond. And one of those ways to respond is by me not saying anything. How many I put them on the spot? See, overlook comes from a couple of Hebrew words. It means that, that it means to, to pass over or to get over it. You know, in life I've been hurt so much, I just learned to get over it right there and then. So why am I going to carry this for a while? To overlook an offense, it's, it's a form of forgiveness. But it's not forgiving something that's in the past. It's choosing to forgive in real time. How many know real time means right now? You just said something very, very bad about me, but I'm choosing right now to forgive you and not even respond to that. See, in other words, I know that's really not fair, and I know that I could get angry right now. I know I could retaliate. I could chop you down to bits, baby. I can become very defensive. I can allow my heart to get very bitter right now by what you just said about me. But I'm going to choose to forgive you right now. I'm going to let it go right now. Oh, thank you, sister. See, I was, uh, I was reading about these two women. They were in their late 70s or early 80s. They had not spoken for 50 years. These are two sisters. Same mother, same mama, same daughter. But one of them had hurt one of the other's feelings by saying something about her. And so that sister decided, I'm not going to talk to you no more. 
And so for 50 years, she held a grudge against her sister. Finally, her sister, her other sister just came and said, you know what, I am sorry. I am sorry, whatever I hurt you, I apologize. And this other sister was holding the grudge, finally released it. And she goes, I can't believe I let all these years go by holding this grudge. 50 years. Can I tell you, I know Christians that will hold a little grudge for a year, two years, three years. But I'm choosing to forgive right now because God, God has given me a higher purpose and a higher calling than to hold on to grudges. How much I've experienced this. My wife and I have experienced it. I remember when we first got to Gardena 21 years ago, I remember some old pastors there were actually telling our, 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 our church, you know, these are just young pastors. They're going to make a lot of dumb mistakes. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about, dude? It's like, you don't even know me. And, but they were telling our people. I was like, wait a minute. I just decided not to say nothing. We held it, and we just grew through it. And through the years, you know, as pastors, just, just, just as people, how I many know we just get hurt? We get hurt at work. We get hurt at church. We get hurt at home. We get hurt. It's just, but, but how you decide to deal with it really is going to reveal whether you're going to live in happiness or where you're going to struggle in bitterness the rest of your life. I don't want to struggle in bitterness. I'm, I'll tell you, you heard me do, I'm not going to carry that. It's gone. I don't want to, I don't want it, one, to take away my joy. And secondly, you know what? Most of what people, it's not that important. It really isn't. You know, I, I remember I had a, 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 an older lady come to my church, and we were in, you know, just an 900 square foot building. <laughs> and unfortunately, she said it real loud. I heard it, but I'm preaching, and, and she goes, why is he yelling? There's only a few people in here. <laughs> I just laughed. I thought, you know what? That's just the voice God gave me. I'm sorry. I just, it's just loud. But, but you know, I could have held out. I could have said, oh, really? You know what? I, I could have went off, but I didn't. Just, you know what? I just laughed. It's just, sometimes when people say things, it's just funny. And so the, the way you respond to it, sometimes don't respond. That's the best thing. Don't respond. The second, whoa, is this, is this helping anybody yet? All right, second point, I had to repent from this one too. It's like, geez, goodness, man. <laughs> I repented all day, all four points. The second thing is sometimes you respond carefully. Carefully. Quiet. Notice I didn't say you react. I said you respond. How many know responding is very different than reacting? How many know reacting is emotional? How many know we can get carried away very quickly? How many know we can get upset very quickly? How many know the inner person wants to come out and just, I'm Freddy Cougar. Say that to me again. See, we, we can react with emotions or we can allow the Spirit to lead us by calming down. 
As a matter of fact, there's a very powerful example in the Old Testament where, where Gideon was taking some heat from some people who didn't like what he was doing. And, and in Judges chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, it says, And the people of Ephraim said, asked Gideon, Why have you treated us this way? Why didn't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. So, so I want to pause there for a second. He's doing something for God, and yet these people are coming at him. Mm. Men of God, women of God, listen, when you start doing something for God. Mm. Okay. But Gideon replied, what have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't even the leftover grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of my little clan of Abizir? God gave you victory over Oreb and Zeb, the commanders of the Midian army. What have I accomplished compared to that? When the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. The, the Ephraimites ask it, why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went out to fight the Midianites? And they challenged him heatedly. Another version says they criticized him sharply. But listen, Gideon's response, he didn't defend himself. He didn't fight, fight back. He said, you know what, this ain't fair. You know, I, I've been serving here a long time. Why are you coming at me like this? I'm doing something for God. What are you doing? See, he didn't respond like that. He paused. And he begins to respond with a good answer and a compliment. <coughs> And he didn't give them a harsh response. You know, at work, I, I pulled in all my managers, all my supervisors, and, and I said, and I say, guys, you know, the way we respond really shows our leadership. And, and uh, I was telling the first service, I had, I had this one worker. She came, and man, she was angry. Somebody, I don't know what they did to her, but she came screaming, and, and David, I want, and I was like, I said, calm down. No, 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 but you don't understand. I said, no, no, stop. But, but, I said, <laughs> I, I'm no joke. I had, I had to treat her like that. And I, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to listen until you calm down. I said, what I want you to do, I want you to breathe with me. She goes, what? I said, calm, I want you to breathe with me. But, 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 no. I said, I'm not going to listen until you calm. I said, I want you, I want to breathe with you. Come on, breathe with me. I said, oh, one more, one more, come on. Uh, deeper. Ah. Okay, okay, what's wrong? She forgot. It wasn't even that big of a deal. She goes, well, you know what? It really isn't that big. And it just calm down. See, oftentimes we, we answer with our emotions. And what happens is now we're emotional. They get more emotional, and now we start to bicker and fight. I want to tell you, this is great advice for newlyweds or even married couples. Think before you speak. Calm yourself down. Ladies. Isaac, Pastor Isaac, did we take all the rocks and everything? There's nothing that they can throw? Ladies. 
<laughs> Wait, don't throw the shoes. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the chancla. Leave the chanclas at home, mothers. Okay, listen, listen. My, my wife just preached this in the women's discipleship class. I, I snuck in here and I heard her. So she said, you know, how many know women in an instant can have a thousand scenarios in their minds from one incident? But how many know there's only one truth? Not the scenarios you worked up in your mind, but the truth. Sometimes quit thinking, quit, quit listening to your mind. Take a breather, relax, and listen. Calm down. Well, you don't know. My mom was like, well, you're not your mom. You're a born-again Christian. It's different, different. Chill. <laughs> I want to tell you, this will go so far in marriages, in relationships. You got to take a breather sometimes before you get emotional and begin to say things you're going to regret later on. Husbands, listen to your wife. Don't go into your nothing box in a Don't just start. You always do. You always start getting. See, he could have said, I was being obedient to God. God gave me these 300 men, you jerk. What are, what are you doing? But he didn't. He thought about it. He calmed down and he gave them a wise answer. And the Bible says their anger subsided. You know, something I learned, is, is especially in marriages, wives, listen to husbands, husbands, wives, listen to this. Oftentimes, they don't mean what they're saying. It's just they're saying that out of emotions. Just take, they love me. I know they love me. They love me. Sometimes when you give a thoughtful response, it gives the critical person an understanding that they didn't have before. And you offer an explanation, and it begins to diffuse the, the conversation. See, can we be real for just a moment? When you begin to do something, someone's always going to criticize you. I remember when I get married to Linda, everybody, well, both, both families were, why are you going to marry him? Why are you going to marry her? Why? Then they begin to criticize the women. Why are you a stay-at-home mom? You've got all that time. Why are you doing this? Why, why are you serving in that church? Why? It's like it's a never-ending story. You know, I like when people criticize me because my life is more important than theirs, I guess. <laughs> That's what I talk about gossip. I, 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 I kind of, I, I hate gossip. It's, it's bad. It's a bad thing, but I kind of like it in a sense because it makes me more important than them. They, they, their life is so boring that they got to talk about mine. You ever thought about that? So when somebody guys don't take it bad. Say, oh, some, hey, I can't help it that you got a boring life, eh? <laughs> <laughs> this is totally off the thing, man. I don't know where this is going. 
But sometimes you just got to give an explanation with a compliment. How many know compliments go a long ways for people? And sometimes it just makes sense to someone. And just like Gideon's uh, place, when they heard the answer, their anger subsided. What happened? What happens? When your friends begin to criticize you, your family criticizing you, everybody's just wait before you respond. Because can I tell you something? When, when your emotions are high, your wisdom is very low. When your emotions are high, you're not being led by the spirit. Well, you're being led by a spirit, but it's not a good spirit. <laughs> what you want to do is wait and respond. Don't try to run them off the road. Before you send that email out, read it again. Before you send that mean text, stop. Relax and then delete it. Hallelujah. You know, something that I've heard, I've realized that oftentimes criticism, it's born out of hurts in their own lives. In fact, I found that most angry people are actually hurting people. There's some wound. It's something that they have that don't like about themselves that begins to manifest itself in a critical spirit about someone else. In fact, I found out that those who are very critical of me are oftentimes dealing with some inconsistency in their own life. I've never met a rational, happy, productive, and positive person who constantly posts hateful comments on Facebook. There's some, something going on there. It's born out of hurt. And that's why we need to remain calm and just stop for just a second and realize behind every anger is a hurt. So when someone is hypercritical of you, when your mom or dad just won't let up, uh, when our spouse is just da 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 like a shot, we need to recognize that. Instead of feeling defensive, I want to have compassion. I want to try to love through the wound instead of always taking it personally. Can I tell you? Don't take things personal. If it comes from God, that I take personal. But everybody else, hey, you know what? If it's good, I'll, I'll take it. If it's not good, I'll... Like that. Everybody get out. Wasn't good. It was sour manna. Spit it out. Praise God, number three. Everybody good? Everybody good? We got a couple minutes here. Okay, number three. Occasionally, when people are constantly criticizing, you listen and make a change. You recognize that there's actually something that you can love from a harsh critic who points out truth. It comes from a loving and constructive critic that really has the best interest at heart. How many of those people that really do love you and are telling you things? 
You know, if your wife that loves you is always telling you, you know what, you're always yelling at the kids. Maybe you need to take key. Maybe I'm always yelling at my kids. Maybe I need to spend more time with them. When your wife is telling you, you don't spend enough time with me, it's not bad Christmas. That's good Christmas. She's trying to tell you something. Hello, wake up. She's trying to, maybe her love language is quality time, and she wants to spend some quality time with you. Everybody getting this? Come on now. Sometimes if people are letting you know things, if, you know, if all your friends and your mom and your dad and your brothers and sisters in the church are telling you that you're dating a devil, maybe you're dating a devil. And they say, don't marry that dude. Don't marry that chick. You know, maybe you need to do a little investigation. Well, I like the bad boys, Pastor. You just don't know. I like the bad boys. <laughs> Well, they're going to lead you somewhere bad. You know, we... Yeah, here's some, some, some good criticism for you single people. Don't just date people that think they look good. Don't go for looks. That should never be your first objective in dating. Well, I'm a nine. Who says you're a nine? <laughs> see, the, see the criticism? <laughs> I can't help myself. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> but listen, for real, don't, don't make looks your number one. Your number one is, is it's the will of God. Oh, my gosh, I brought in God. Yes. He's the most important person in your whole life. If it's not the will of God, then don't do it. Well, Pastor, once we start dating and get, I'm going to bring him to church or bring her to church. No, you're not. They're going to take you out. I've seen, I've been around me. Oh, Pastor, how do you? I've been around 30 some years. I've seen it done. Number two is you go, are they a man or woman of God? Do they read the Bible and pray, not just go to church? There's a lot of doggone hound dogs that go to church. Yeah, they're thinking with their hormones and not with a godly spirit. Okay, so don't just, oh, they go to church, but I don't care. Are they at prayer on Saturdays? Are they at prayer on Tuesdays? Are they reading the word of God? Are they involved in the things of God? That goes for women too, honey. Oh, let me tell you, there's a lot of women that come and snatch the guys right out of church. I remember it. I remember, remember that story I said I said a couple years ago. This this guy, song service leader in Oceanside, powerful man of God, and uh, uh, this chick comes into the church and he's a song leader and and she wants to start dating him and uh, so he tells the pastor, he says, "Bro, let her get settled in, get her, let her see if she's going to serve God or not." And she tells, "Oh, you're going to listen to your pastor? You run your life?" And uh, he didn't take it, so he started dating her in secret. One night, she talked him into having some drinks. They went to a hotel. He wakes up in the morning. She's gone. And on the mirror in the restroom says, welcome to the AIDS family. Never saw her again. So I want to tell you, be wise in who you choose. All right.
I want to tell you, if they're a man or a woman of God, then start dating. That's what you want. You want a man or a woman of God. And in Proverbs 15, 31 and 32 says, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you will only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. I tell you, there's people that love you. The pastors here, they love you. They care about you. We're going to give you sound advice, biblical advice. Not by our feelings or by our emotions, by the truth. By the truth. And you learn. You can learn some things and you need to do a self-examination. And if there is some truth to that criticism, you need to make the change. Praise God. We are together. Fourth thing. Hallelujah. Woo. Exciting stuff. I told you this was, this was like my, I, I'm stepping on my own toes right now. I can't even preach without criticizing. <laughs> what the heck? Okay, number four. You always work to guard your heart. It's the most important thing. You got to guard your heart. We can't, we, we, we don't want to have a critical spirit. See, Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He's a father of lies. He is the critical one who keeps the shame and the guilt and, and, and will not allow that the spirit drive us to have that critical spirit. See, I got to guard my heart. And by guarding my heart, I learn that I'm called to also guard my brethren's heart. I'm, I'm called to protect your heart. You're called to protect each other's heart. You know, this wasn't in my first, first, listen to me. The prodigal son, we always miss the most important part of that thing. The whole, the whole thing was his older brother was critical to the younger brother. It was so bad that it drove him to leave everything that he knew. Did everybody get that? Could you imagine being the older brother that made the younger brother leave? Because of criticism? Did everybody get that? It was so bad that the younger brother had to hit the pig pen and starve him before he finally made a decision to come back. I'm thinking, man, that relationship between him and the older brother must have been real bad. Is anybody making that correlation? Because we always look at the prodigal son, the, the younger brother, oh, he, went, he went and he just wasted all his life away. But there's reason behind You got to find what's the purpose there. It's that older brother. Even when he came back, the older brother was still bitter. Listen to Proverbs 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. So I have a decision to make by guarding my heart. Am I going to begin to cut people or am I going to be an encourager of people? Can I tell you, Satan already, already bombards the people of God enough. How many know when we come to church, we need to encourage one another, to lift up one another. If you have something against somebody, either confront them or keep it to yourself. Is that true? It's like, uh, why are you going to hold a grudge? Can I tell you something? I, I've learned something in life. Okay, I'm not going to say it about you, but you know what I've learned in life? I'm not that important. You know what? If I died, life goes on. 
It's amazing how we make ourselves so big and begin to criticize the people around us and begin to really hold grudges. But can I tell you, sometimes the devil can use us as his spokesperson by cutting down the people of God. But we're called to be an encourager. We're called to lift people up. We are called to, 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 to exalt people, to, to just lift them up above where they're at. I mean, we can begin to talk people, oh my, do you see the way she's dressed? I can't believe she would come to church like that. Did you see brother so-and-so? He needs to shave. Somebody, I, I, I'm going I'm I'm to say this out loud because somebody did say this one time. Why does Pastor David always wear suits? Because I like looking nice. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm not bound to this culture. You know the culture, the, the, the newest thing is those light-colored jean jackets? You see that? It's 100 degrees out. You see these guys wearing their jackets and walking all cool. I said, bro, you know you're hot. <laughs> They're preaching it and all. Got the got the, the scarf on and all. Dude, I don't. I don't. I, I know who I am. I don't need to be cool. Amen. I don't need to be. Uh, I don't have to be the poster boy for God. Jesus is the poster. He he's the one that died on the cross. I didn't do anything. I'm just here by the grace of God. I, it's the grace of God that I'm here this morning. But, but it, how many we can be so self-critical of people and tear them down and tear them down when the Bible calls us to be edifiers, to lift the people of God up? How many we struggle all through the day? We experience Christ all day long, and then we come to church. Uh, all I want to hear is, hey, bro, good to see you. Man, I love you, man. Thanks for coming, man. I'm glad you came. You know what, bro? When you come to church, I get encouraged, man. Hallelujah. You know you lift up, lift up my spirits. You know, if I remember Pastor Omar preached this a couple of while back. You know, if you ain't got nothing good to say, then don't say it. Don't say it. It's better to, to lift people up, be edifiers, man. How do you, how do you, how do you defeat this? Because, you know, there's critical people that speak critical into our lives, but how I many know we can be critical also? How do we defeat that? By making it a point to say good things to people. Make it a point to begin. You'll see how your life begins to change. How many know it's good to be kind? It's so good to be kind, to be a good person. That people miss you when you step out. They actually missed you. Man, bro, you weren't here. I missed you. How you doing? Because that's what people come to church for. They, they, they want to be accepted somewhere, just the way they are. You don't have to change anything. We love you just the way you are. And I get encouraged when I see people, when I see this couple come out, oh, they're here. Praise God, man, they're here. When May comes around, May's got that big smile. I'm like, oh, cool. She got a camera. I'm like, I'm here. Come on. Take me. <laughs> I say that to Amanda, too. She's only, she just looks away now. <laughs> Because I'm always posing for the camera. But Erica, every time I see Erica, she's an encouragement. I mean, there's a lot of people in here, encouragers, man. You're encouragers. That's what we need. We need to encourage one another. 
There's enough hell and destruction out there. Let's begin to encourage people. Let's begin to build each other up. I want to close with this. Can I tell you, there's great people here. There's great people. And it's our responsibility to bring out the goodness in them by, through my goodness. See, I protect my heart by protecting your heart, by saying good things about you, by saying great things about you, by lifting up your spirit. Oh, I know that you're struggling. I know the devil it has been trying to tear you up, but you know what? I'm here to build you up. I'm here to let you know Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. He died on Calvary's cross, and he saved me to tell you these words today, that he loves you. And he cares about you. You're at the right place at the right time. God loves you. And I want to tell you, it'll change the whole spirit. You want revival? It starts with the house of God. It starts with the house of God saying, God, help me to be an encourager. Help me to be a Barnabas that encouraged everyone that was around. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I encourage you? That's what we need this morning, church. It's a church fired up for the things of God and that encourages one another. If I can have every head bowed and every eye closed, remember to God for just a few minutes. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.